Belly and the fish. Belly. Belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, a.k.a. the fish, and we got big old Ben. Belly smokes, Hunter. We are back. And let's not forget John the Man Charette. My baby shit in my hand today. Really? Yeah. Holy shit, man. Is that the first wake-up call as a dad? I feel like that would be one that's be like, yep, this is what it's going to be like. Did she give you a nice little shit-eating grin after? Just like, (laughs) got you, dad. (laughs) Clean it up, bitch. Lots of shit. Lots of shit. Yeah, she did. (laughs) She's she's doing good. No more blood in her poop, so that's good. Jeez, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I'm glad she's okay. I'm glad it's in your hand. You can really just mush it up and investigate it. You want to know what's weird is in the winter, I used to just like pick up my dog shit. If I was really cold, I would squeeze the bag a little bit. It is because weird. because why? It warms it up. Your hand. <laughs> yeah. I don't do that anymore. But Son, I think you've got a condition. Desperate. Yeah, I know. I don't do that anymore. One of the but... most insane things I've ever heard. I use yeah, my dog not... to warm my hands. Weren't you just going to go right back inside anyway? Well, if you're on a long walk, I'm not proud of it, okay? But I'm just admitting I've done it before. Might as well tell the world. I don't have a filter. I don't care. Whatever. People are ashamed to admit these things, but me, not so much. I got no shame. But it's good to be back, boys, after a little hiatus, a little bit of a break. I know I've been pushing to crank out some of these episodes, but it's been nice to have a little bit of time off. And, you know, we haven't really missed too much necessarily. Starting to pick up a little bit now. We'll break it down what we're going to get into today. We'll cap off some of the Lions news from these past three weeks. And as promised, we are delivering a mock draft. Our first of two mock drafts. We'll have another one coming out right before the draft, but we'll do the first three rounds for today. We're going to do a little free agency preview. Of course, we got Benton with the belly and bowels of the belly, and we're bringing back Jeopardy. And it's my time to pay my dues. I lost last time, so I'll be the host. John and belly will be the contestants. So let's get into it, boys. Starting with the Lions here, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the coaching changes. Uh, shortly after our uh, most recent episode dropped, Todd Wash, our defensive line coach, left to go to the Panthers along with Deuce Staley. So, you know, sad to see him go. Aiden Hutchinson has given him a lot of props for, you know, his upbringing as a rookie. You know, he's a solid guy, somebody who you know might be pegged as like a defensive coordinator role and news has kind of came out that that seems to be why he left um with the panthers job they have um aviro the guy from the broncos help me out you guys know his name aviro nope. no Ajiro no Ajiro evero yeah he's the panthers defensive coordinator he was um interviewing for some head coaching job so he might be out and so speculation is that todd wash went there because he has a more clear-cut path to the defensive coordinator role you know, if Aaron Glenn turns his defense around, he could be gone too, but it doesn't sound like the Lions were too keen on, you know, having him fill that D coordinator role. So it's too bad to see him go, but we've already replaced him with John Scott Jr. out of Penn State. And it's not, well, I guess I shouldn't say that he'll be replacing him because it's not clear what his role is just yet. If he's going to be the defensive line coach or just an assistant, if we're going to do an internal hire for the defensive line coaching job, but we got John Scott out of Penn state. So glad to have him here. And also belly. I know you were hot on this one. John Fox 
was hired as the senior defensive coordinator, and you seem to be a hater of that hire. I don't know. Why, um, but... Well, for me, the whole thing was is I just wanted some big news, and that just wasn't big enough for me. And one of the commenters came on Instagram and kind of gave it to me, and I was just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, and we should shout out Belly. He's been taking over the social media role. He's going to be our director of social media and media relations going forward. I think he's done a great job with the Instagram posting some kind of Friday beers esque videos on there. We'll have some more coming. We're just waiting for a, the good opportunity. We've been brainstorming some ideas and what we're going to put out there, but I just need yep. some news. Yeah. Well, we'll have it soon enough. Free agency is just a week away. I do kind of like the John Fox hire, and I've kind of heard that he might be the heir to Aaron Glenn if he does leave Detroit. I mean, he's had three stints as a head coach with the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Bears, and he's gone to the Super Bowl twice. He's lost both times, but, I mean, you could do a lot worse for a defensive coordinator. We got a lot of young guys in there, so it doesn't hurt to have that guy who's been in the league for over 30 years of experience coaching in the NFL. So, Experience to be experience. Yes, it is. And then one more guy who took a job for the Colts, their new offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, the QB tutor. Jim Bob Cooter, the QB tutor. Yeah. Did you come Remember up with that? We, I had that like when we he was our coach. I don't know. I, I heard it somewhere. It's not an original thought, but it rhymes. It's perfect. You ever see that uh, show Ballers on HBO with the, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I never watched it, but I know what it is. I remember that like one of the guys got hired to be the Dolphins GM or maybe it was the Rams GM. doesn't matter, but they were looking for a new head coach and they mentioned Jim Bob Cooter in there. And I was like, Holy shit. Like Jim Bob might be going, but I'm happy with Dan Campbell. I'll take him over the Cooter any day, but Colts are bringing in a young quarterback. Probably a rookie is the speculation here. They're sick of that revolving door pulling in the veterans, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan and whatnot. So Maybe he'll be good for a young guy. Bring him along and make him an elite QB like how we made Matthew Stafford. You do love you some Stafford, Corby. Yes, sir, I do. But not a whole lot of coaching changes. The dust has settled for the most part. There's going to be some like low-level hires here and there, I'm sure. But it seems like everyone who's going to leave is gone, and everyone we're going to hire for the most part is already in the building. So one mm -hmm. thing that came out uh, in the past few weeks, some big news here are the Vegas odds for futures are finally out in the NFL and the lions are getting some respect from the nation starting off with the super bowl odds. We are plus 3000, which is the 11th best odds in the NFL. That's what it opened at. And actually I checked the other day and we're down to plus 2,800. So now we're tied for 10th best odds to win the super bowl. I think those are the best odds that I've had my entire life. So of course I smashed that future. And then we've got the lions plus 1100, to win the NFC conference, which was tied for fourth best, but now some lines moved. And so now we are solely in control of the fourth best odds to win the NFC and just go to the Super Bowl. So also smash that. The fourth and best to fourth best in the NFC. Holy shit. Yeah. So we got like the 49ers, Eagles and Cowboys ahead of us. I believe that's it. And it might not be in that order, but. Well, they're really, uh, really hyping us up, huh? Yes, sir. So, like I said, smash that. And then Lions plus 160. We are the favorite to win the NFC North over the Packers, Vikings, and Bears. That's kind of wild to me. But, I mean, it makes sense just based on how they ended the season. The Vikings that... aren't too far off. but Yeah, other than the Vikings, I mean, the Bears are kind of a mess. And the Packers, without Rodgers, who knows what they're going to look like. So, 
You know me. I got to believe in the love, man, just for dynasty reasons only. <laughs> hey, I got him too. Let's go. So I sprinkled a couple of units on all three of those. And then one more future that came out recently, Dan Campbell, best odds to be the coach of the year, plus mm-hmm. 1100. So of course, all four of those have some of my money invested. I could be coming out a lot richer, man. Corby all coming out on top of that Super Bowl. Yes, sir. So check your local sports books. Go ahead and place a a sizable wager, yet a responsible wager, if you wish. But I think those are pretty good odds. And you know what? I want to be able to root for it. So I took the over under six and a half wins, and that worked out nicely for me in this past season. So we'll see if we uh we keep going up. Let's keep this rocket going to the moon. There's a couple other things that hit social media in these past few weeks, and it all kind of stems from these Jalen Ramsey rumors. And I know it's the hot ticket thing, like, you know, Jalen Ramsey to the Lions, whether it's a trade or whether the Rams cut him. But first of all, I'm just going to squash those rumors now because Jalen Ramsey's not going to get cut. It doesn't make any sense. And I know that they cut Bobby Wagner and they're talking about releasing Allen Robinson. And it seems like they're, you know, cutting out some of these guys, but it's just due to like cap issues. And Jalen Ramsey is not a guy that's going to get cut. It just doesn't make sense. So if anything, we would have to trade for him and it would be a first round pick and a second round pick and take on about $20 million a year of his salary, which I don't think is going to fly. But he did kind of, I guess, lean into those rumors when Amon Ross St. Brown and Jerry Jacobs were trying to recruit him. And Micah Parsons from the Cowboys decided to step in and stick his nose in saying, who would want to move from L.A. to Detroit, to which I took a lot of offense to. And I went on to all of his posts, and I commented, And I had a lot of Cowboys Twitter coming after me now just for trolling him. So I'm going to keep it going. Micah Parsons is public enemy number one. He's dead to me. He's a piece of shit. Just another reason for me to hate on the Cowboys. He's acting like Dallas is just the capital of the world. Like he's living large. You say people are after you? Yeah, some Cowboys fans came after me. I probably, I mean, you can go and read the comments yourselves. I'm probably not going to repeat them. They're kind of funny. I don't mind them. I went to war with Jets Twitter, too, when it was about, like, the, the rookie of the year with Aiden Hutchinson when I was voting him and Kirby Joseph. I was going You're to just bouncing all over the interwebs, picking fights with strangers? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm somewhat respectful in them. Yeah, but... I, well, well, John and I will uh, – maybe we'll whip those up next episode and say, play a game called Is It Respectful? <laughs> I think that or, they're all pretty re- – I, I don't listen want... <laughs> That they're going to think you're anything other than a crazy person when you tweet this. Well, I don't want to actually have someone slide in and try and kick my ass. Like, that was the same thing that happened with uh, Zaire Franklin when he was talking shit to Jamal Williams and I stepped in for him. But there was a video (laughs) that I recently did. There was, like, uh, an account, or Daily Loud. It was, like, a fishing boat with, like, a shark frenzy, like a bunch of baby sharks. And Micah Parsons just said, yep. There goes me wanting to go fishing. And I said, you're a coward. Frank Ragnow would thrive in this environment. Guess you can't hang with the big dogs. I don't think that's over the line or disrespectful. Because Frank Ragnow's a big got him. Fish, fish guy. <laughs> Fisherman. He's, he's got that TV show. What's it? Uh, Michigan. What the fuck is it? He's got a thing. He's got a whole YouTube show about fishing. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. I can't he's remember. He's got a thing. But, you know. You can Google it and learn more than I know right now. Anyways, I'll keep a lookout on uh, Micah Parsons' Twitter if I got to rise up again and strike him down a little bit. I absolutely will do that. 
In other news, we got Michael Brockers getting cut. Everybody kind of saw that coming. That opens up $10 million in savings, so that'll be nice for us to play with in free agency. We're kind of middle of the pack and what our cap is for this year after all of the um, incentives and stuff got deducted out today. We're kind of r- right around like below average to average. The Browns have like $250 million or something like that that they're rolling over just to help out with that Deshaun Watson contract. But we're sitting pretty comfortably, like nothing of note, like nothing super scary that we need to concern ourselves about. And I know a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of hyping up the possibility of the Lions getting some new uniforms. But Rod Wood, the team president, squashed that last week. He said possibly in 2024 we'll be getting new uniforms. It's a big process, yada, yada, yada. But we are getting an alternate helmet, though which is a new rule that the NFL came up with last year. So I don't know. I'm hoping that we get some kind of like throwback helmet. I thought that those were awesome. You know, not like super excited about the new helmet. We'll wear them a couple of times this year. Maybe hopefully we get something sweet. Not a lot you can do without a whole new uniform entirely. Yeah. I would like a rehaul of our uniforms Kind of bring it back more old school. Yeah, I agree. Well, we could table those talks until next year. Cause it seems like that's just a pipe dream at this point. So you guys want to get to some mock drafts? What do you say? Why not? Yeah. All right. So just so the audience knows, we'll kind of go over some ground rules, kind of how that this is this is all going to work out. We're going to do a three-round mock draft. We're mostly going to be focusing on round one, um, the top five guys that go before our pick at six, and then the guys from seven to 17 who got picked before we go again at 18. And, you know, we'll – We'll auto draft through the second and third rounds just to mention some guys, maybe some prospects or positions that we need or that we like. Um, but it is no trades auto pick. It's not it's not a perfect system, but we're just going to do that for time's sake. And we're going to be using the PFF simulator from what I've done. And I'm, I'll throw a mock draft in there every now and then, but I've thought that this is the most accurate one that you're going to get. Some of the other ones just have some outrageous rankings and don't really consider team needs. So I like the PFF simulator. Again, it's not perfect, but that's what we're going to be going with. Nothing's going to be perfect. And, you know, just for having this auto pick, sometimes I'll go through and I'll be the GM for every team and do it based on needs just to see what realistically might be there. But I think that PFF is pretty solid just at its base. So let's hop onto that simulator and get to drafting. All right. So belly is going to be kicking it off. We're all going to run our own separate ones. So Let's start this draft. Ben will go over his top five. He'll go through his decision-making process. Then he'll make his pick. Then we'll move on to John doing the same thing, and I'll finish it off until we go to pick 18. So start her up, Belly. What do you see? All right. Locking it in. Click and enter draft. Do, 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 do. Um, and start oh, draft. Start draft. Got it. <laughs> oh, boy. That went super quick. All right. First off the board was Jalen Carter, which – it's kind of shocking based on the news that just happened, but whatever. Moving forward. Then we got Bryce Young going to the Houston Texans. After that, Will Anderson Jr. going to the Cardinals. Uh, CJ Stroud going to the Indianapolis Colts. And Miles Murphy going to the Seattle Seahawks, leaving the door open for. Um, up on the board is Will Levis and Anthony Richardson next. To be honest with you, Anthony Richardson kind of balled out at the combine, but. I mean, it's just a combine. I feel like it happens every year where some kid just kind of puts up great numbers, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the field. I don't haven't watched a lot on Anthony Richardson. Um, I typically don't like a mobile quarterback. John knows this all too well. 
Um, <laughs> but for me, I got to go with what I said I was going to do earlier. We're going to address the defense and go with Christian Gonzalez. Nice pick, Belly. Was Devin Witherspoon off the board? No. Doesn't matter. The only combine I watched was a, like 100 out routes of the DBs, with, and Christian well, Gonzalez shined. Right, right. I'm just checking. You went with Christian Gonzalez over Devin Witherspoon because most people have Witherspoon as a CB over Gonzalez. Most people yes, ain't did. me. Well, there you go. Nice pick, Belly. All right. Well, John, you do yours, and then we will uh, move it on to me. What do you got? Number one was Jalen Carter. Number two was Bryce Young. Number three to the Cardinals, Will Anderson Jr. Number four to the Colts, C.J. Stroud. Number five to the Seahawks, Tyree Wilson. So that leaves on the board Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and Devin Witherspoon, which I think are, if those are the three on the board, if Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and Tyree Wilson are all gone, I think realistically it's down between those three players. I think... Goff is going to cost us too much after next year. And it's not the worst idea to run up and get yourself a guy that you think might have a real high ceiling. So with that much said, I am going to take Anthony Richardson simply because of his ceiling and not just because of his combine work. Uh, at week two, after after week two of the this season of the college football, everyone was salivating over him. Then he had a few bad weeks. Everyone shit on him. But, I mean, the dude is just more athletic than almost anyone we've ever seen at the position, and it's hard to pass that up. I'm kind of glad that you went that route, to be honest, just so that we have a little bit of uh, a, a talking point, I guess I would say. You know, a lot of people agree that we should be going quarterback. A lot of people disagree and that think we should just go defense, defense, defense. I am inclined to go with Belly here. But I understand the hype surrounding Richardson, and we can kind of get into these top five guys in a little bit here. Let me just kind of go through what my mock draft played out. Bears, number one, take Will Anderson. Two, we got Bryce Young to the Texans. Three, we got Tyree Wilson to the Cardinals. Four, we've got C.J. Stroud to the Colts. And five, we've got Jalen Carter going to the Seahawks, which leaves me at six with Levis and Richardson available. We've also got... Devin Witherspoon, we've got Christian Gonzalez, we've got Smith and Jigba, we've got Quentin Johnston from TCU. We pretty much have, you know, everybody who is there that we would expect. This kind of just went in order of rankings, and I don't disagree with it too much. But like you said, Jalen Carter, with the news coming out about the, um, you know, the tragedy with the uh, the racing and that resulted in a, the death of a, a teammate and a coach or um, somebody affiliated with Georgia football, a staffer. Uh, it, yeah, staffer. I mean, it was it's terrible news, but it doesn't sound like, you know, at least there wasn't proof that there was like alcohol involved or that he was the one who, you know, crashed into him or something like that. It seems like he was racing with the guy and the other guy crashed and there were fatalities. So obviously it's tragic, terrible news. But when it comes down to it, I don't think that it's going to impact his draft stock that much. It might cause a slide out of the top 10. I still think he's a first round talent. And, you know, I don't think it's crazy to still have him in the top five because before that incident was released, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter were the number one and two guys in the draft quarterbacks aside. So if anything, it might cause him to fall to six for us. 
And, you know, obviously if he goes through the interviews and it checks all the boxes, if that's the one red flag that they have, I mean, talent wise, he is the best player available, no doubt. And I think realistically Chicago will trade back to, you know, four or maybe later, but if they do do that, it's not going to change it much. If anything, we're going to have better players fall to us. If they trade with the Raiders, the Raiders are going to move up to get a quarterback or the Panthers will move up to get a quarterback. I've heard that the Cardinals are really high on Tyree Wilson. So that might be the pick there at three. But if teams trade into the top five and it's all quarterbacks, we might have Will Anderson on the board or Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson, or any of the cornerbacks that we want. The way that this is shaken out, I'm going to go with my number one cornerback prospect in the class. I'm agreeing with Ben. It's Christian Gonzalez. I do like Devin Witherspoon a lot. I mean, he had the best grade for any cornerback in press man coverage. I think he only allowed one yard the entire season. But Christian Gonzalez, I think he profiles more as an outside cornerback. Devin Witherspoon's a little on the smaller side, like 5'11", 180 pounds. You know, he's more of an inside corner who could possibly play outside when you got Christian Gonzalez, who's just a tried and true outside cornerback one. He's got the athleticism. He's got the tape. I think they were kind of neck and neck. And after the combine, it gave Christian Gonzalez a little bit of a nod for me. And I don't let the combine affect my rankings or my opinion too much. It more just solidifies like, okay, this guy is the athlete that I thought he was. Devin Witherspoon didn't test. He has his pro day coming this next week. So maybe he'll be able to run the 40 and we can get some more measurables out of him. But I think that both are going to be great NFL players and it's really going to come down to how these interviews go down and how Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell feel after speaking with these players. I think that's the most important thing that comes out of the combine, and that's something that we won't have that information to. So I'll take Christian Gonzalez there, and let's talk a little bit more about these prospects because obviously the quarterbacks are going to be the talk of the town. The Bears are going to be trading back. They pretty much already admitted to it. The Texans and Colts are almost certainly going to take a quarterback. Geno Smith just signed a deal with the Seahawks, but I don't think he's that the quarterback of the future for them. So the Seahawks are also in the running to take a quarterback. Nah, there's no way. There's no way. They just sent a three-year, $100 million deal. There's no way they're taking him. Well, what about Anthony Richardson? You don't think he would be a perfect fit right there for them? Because I not do. based he on not sit. based on the contract that they yeah, just had. They, I mean, three maybe it was like a two-year deal, but a three, I think they they have to be eyeing someone or they're gonna probably they could trade back. They're a pick five, they could t- yeah. trade back and then I mean get some pieces and then maybe grab a quarterback in the following year or something. But I mean yeah, I it sounds like they got a plan and we'll see what happens. I mean, I we'll I haven't looked at the Geno contract too much, but guarantees will impact that a lot. What three hundred million. Yeah, but how much is guaranteed? I have not seen the exact details on it yet because it just happened like an hour ago. But even if if less than 50% of that is guaranteed, they could just groom Anthony Richardson for one year. And I'm sure they can find a way to move on. I mean, the cap, why, like, why are you going to sign a quarterback for $100 million if you aren't expecting to win now? Because they also have options to trade back. You know, they have flexibility. I mean, it is a crazy deal, but at the same time, I still am not counting them. I'm not ruling them out to take quarterback because look at us. We've got Jared Goff for two years at the about the same price, and they've got Geno for three years, and Anthony Richardson's going to need a year on the bench. And in that Seahawks system, I mean, I feel like they could, with, with Pete Carroll, 
that would be a great landing spot for him, the Seahawks. Before I even knew about the Geno news, I loved Anthony Richardson to the Seahawks because I also think that the Lions would be a good situation for him to go to as well. I'm not buying the hype because everything that the Lions have said, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, have they've put their trust in Jared Goff. And every single time somebody brings up the Lions taking a quarterback, they've always said Jared Goff is our starter. And they have admitted at the combine that they need somebody behind him, a backup. And that's totally understandable. I mean, we absolutely do. He's the only quarterback on the roster right now. But I don't think that we're going to go out of our way to draft a quarterback. If somebody falls to us and we have evaluated him and we feel comfortable taking him, then yeah, sure. But at number six overall, when we can get, you know, one of the best defensive players in the class is there, and then we have a quarterback who's going to sit on the bench and maybe never play, then I think we go defense. So I'm not buying into the quarterback. The only thing that I say is is that they're a year or two out on on needing a new quarterback. That is going to happen. Jared Goff, he is serviceable, but he's not the elite quarterback. He's not a Mahomes. He's not a Burrow. He's not going to drag you to the game. So what they're going to be looking for is that guy. And realistically, if our team is as good as we say we are, we're not going to be drafting at this high up in the draft again in the next couple of years. So if we want to snag someone who is a high-end quarterback talent, you have to be within the top 10. And we're not realistically going to be there within the next few years. So though I do, I honestly do think they're going to go defense, I think this would be the time to strike. If Richardson or, you know, heaven, heaven forbid C.J. Stroud somehow drops there, you got I. CJ Stroud, you got to take him. Richardson, I don't know. So what I if Levis is the only one on the board there? Who? Is Levis? there any a better question? Would you feel comfortable taking any quarterback at number six, or is it just Anthony Richardson you would roll the dice on? I would take uh, Levis uh, of the top QBs. I would take I would take Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Anthony Richardson. I don't really know enough about Levis, but people are pretty high on him. But if I think if those three, if Stroud, Young, and uh, Anthony Richardson were gone, I would like them to to go with either cornerback or D line. Yeah. See, I I think Richardson and Levis they intrigue me at six because they offer rushing potential that Goff doesn't. Like, imagine Anthony Richardson running, you know, like a like a goal line offense where he can, yeah. And and the thing is, day one he'll go into the NFL and he'll have a rushing floor. He'll be, he can be like a Lamar or a Justin Fields right off the bat. No problem. And he has an absolute cannon for an arm. Powerful. He's, he's just, he's physically, he is more capable than, I mean, uh, aside from his combat results, you could see it in his tape. He's just a, a very capable guy. And, and Jared Goff is, uh is a good quarterback, but he is not, someone who is going to require the defense to plan their entire game plan around what he's going to do. See, this is, this is what pisses me off. And I'm not talking about just you. I'm talking about lions fans in general is I've been tracking, you know, the approval of Jared Goff throughout the season. And everybody said, we need to take a quarterback no matter what, when the season started halfway through, everyone was saying, 
Goff's nice, but we still need to take a quarterback. And by the end of the season, after the Packers game, everyone said, wow, Jared Goff is the quarterback of the future. Now we're into draft season and I've everybody is, that, I'm not saying just I've you, but I'm saying other people have. He always has been. He's, he's good, not great. And you need great because there's fucking Patrick Mahomes out there. Not everybody has a Patrick Mahomes. There's five guys in the him. league. You gotta beat him. The thing is, the end of the season, he was great. The second half of the season, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And you're not going to have a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. There's only like five of those guys in the league. And he played like a top 10 quarterback throughout the entire season. Second half of the year, he was a top five quarterback. That's just the that's just a fact. So he's been to the Super Bowl and there are ways to win without the best quarterback in the NFL or an MVP kind of guy. But I mean, I, I don't think that he's the worst kind of guy either. I mean, you look at the deals that like Derek Carr and Daniel Jones are about to get in Geno and teams are paying quarterbacks that they can build a team around. Sure. It would be nice to have Patrick Mahomes. I wish that Jared Goff was Patrick Mahomes, but he's not. That's what we have. And Anthony Richardson is the definition of a boomer bust prospect. There's no surefire kind of guys. Now, if you were to tell me that we have Trevor Lawrence sitting there, maybe like when he was coming out, then yeah, I might be able to bite, but none of these guys are without their flaws. You know, we're taking a risk. And I think if you take a guy like a, a Christian Gonzalez or a Will Anderson, if they fall to us, those are more surefire guys. Sure, like we would like to have the quarterback position locked up, but I just think people, you know, they, they just kind of go blind when we're in this draft season and they see a mouthwatering prospect like Anthony Richardson and they are chomping at the bit to take him. I think people are just, yeah, statistically, golf was very good. That doesn't mean talent wise, he's anywhere near the top, you know, 10 I mean, guys in the league. Sorry to interrupt you, but the, you got to look at it the way John said it. If the idea is that they're never going to be bad again, then this might be your last chance to grab a young prospect. And it's probably the perfect timeline with Jared Goff's contract. I know during the season I was saying, get him out of town, but he played good enough. Let him finish his contract or let him play this year and then dump him. You could probably trade him and get some capital back. And what happens if Anthony Richardson fizzles out? Say we play with Goff this year and then, you know, 2024, he stumbles a little bit and we give Anthony Richardson a shot. We let Jared Goff go and Richardson's a bust. There goes Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes out of town. I, I one think stupid pick. they'll an, they'll analyze it for the first two seasons of, or would it be two or be two full? It'd be two seasons know. that we have Goff for 30 mil, a respectable number. I, just, I still, it, you got to take a chance on somebody though, Corbin. You yeah, can't, you don't just, have to. I, I think, you know what I think it is, is that Lions fans, are like, oh my God, we have someone who's actually good and our team's actually good. Let's not take any risks because we might get worse. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I don't mind taking a risk. All I'm saying is if you take the risk, you better not miss because that is what ends a regime. It will. Okay, yeah. But if you don't, if the, if the Chiefs don't take a risk on Patrick Mahomes, who is a super raw talent coming out of Texas Tech, they don't have probably the greatest quarterback of all time on their team. Here's another scenario that could play out. So say the Lions play 2023. We make the playoffs. Say we win a playoff game, okay? And then Jared Goff falls off a cliff in 2024, and we have assembled a great roster, a competitive roster, but now Jared Goff's a question. And we are sitting, you know, in like 
uh, as a playoff team in terms of draft. So we don't have that guy and we are in no position to take a top ranked guy. Look at how these other teams around the league are out there trading for veterans. You got Russell Wilson, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Derek Carr who pops up. This is stuff that has not happened in the NFL history. And now these quarterbacks are available. Sure, maybe we have to trade two or three first round picks to go out and get a guy, but we'll have a guy who can bring us to the Super Bowl. And maybe we'll have to kick the can down the road until the inevitable rebuild, like how the Colts are going through. But if we assemble the right roster and we go by best player available, I think that's the best strategy. I I think that trying to rely on free agency is is one other strategy we could do. We would have to have a really, really good team and we would have to have the cap space to entice someone to come. It's a little bit... Uh, they're both kind of a shit shoot. You're trying to win a Super Bowl. I agree. It's not the ideal way to do it, you know, but the draft but isn't way, you know, a surefire way, thing either. Either way, essentially, we're both saying after the next two years, they're moving on from Jared Goff. I don't think so. I think that if we could get him back on a reasonable deal, the cap's going to keep going up. And yeah, $45 million, $50 million a year to Goff is crazy now, but if the cap keeps going the way it is, It'll be a cheap deal. That's what we said about Stafford when we signed him to the highest paid contract. And that was at like $25 million. And now that looks like, holy shit, like I would take that deal in a second. But let's just table this for now. Agree to disagree. Obviously, everyone's at odds and nobody really knows what to do. Everyone has their opinion. So we'll sum it up to in Brad Holmes, we trust. And whatever decision he makes, I'm going to be okay with. Can you agree with that? Yep. Yeah, I All think right. there's multiple paths to victory. All right, Belly, let's hear who went off the board for you, and then let's hear your pick 18. I'll go ahead and just do the five before this just to keep things tight. Um, let's see. So at number 11, we had Peter Skaronsky, tackle out of Northwestern. Joey Porter Jr. next to the Texans, cornerback uh, out of Penn State. Paris Johnson, tackle from Ohio State. Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. And then we get some offensive weapons coming off the board. One, two, three. You go Jordan Addison to the Packers from USC. Quinton Johnson to the Redskins from TCU. And then Jackson Smith, Najigba, uh, going to the Steelers <laughs> after that. I wasn't sure how to say it. <laughs> Tread lightly there, Belly. Um, you know what? I'm looking at the board. I like what I see. I, know I don't you're... like what I see. I mean... <laughs> Because the guy that I want to take is uh is has soiled the Lions in the past, but there is a glaring hole at tight end. So go ahead and give me Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. You're such a cocksucker. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. And who's still there? Uh Kalijah Cansey, Lucas Van Ness, Deontay Banks, Brian Brees, Nolan Smith, Anthony Harrison, Zay Flowers, Broderick Jones, and then Bijan at twenty seven. Okay. Um, right. The argument could be made that Michael Meyer is the top yeah, tight end of the draft, but I mean, Dalton Kincaid had a great season at Utah. So argument can be made anywhere, but I mean, as much as I love my, my boy, one yard, one tutty Brock, right. I think we need to fill the position somewhere or another. Well, we can just address this now because I don't think John is going to go tight end or me as well. I'm definitely not because <laughs> the lions are not going tight end in the first round. If anything, Michael Meyer would be a better fit because he's a better blocker. Dalton Kincaid's more of a receiving tight end. And I think the lions are perfectly content rolling with what we got. There's some guys in later rounds who do intrigue me like Darnell Washington from Georgia. After that combine second round, third round, maybe I could see that, but 
it's just too rich. And I think we have so many other positions in need and tight end. Like it just showed with the Hawkinson trade when we moved on from him that we don't really favor that position as much as others and we can get it done with what we have. So I think that's all that really needs to be said then there, John, you got anything to add? No, I, I agree. I think uh, where they want to go with their offense clearly is not a uh, tight end highlighting offense other than when you're like two yards away from the end zone so yeah i just think that it's not likely they do that um so for my pick at 18 uh the players leading up were the same as bellies from 11 just switched around one or two places so on the board i've got kalajikansi lucas van ness dalton kincaid and i've got Jordan Addison, and I've also got Bijan Robinson. And I play fantasy football, so I mostly know <laughs> offensive players. <laughs> and this is a mock draft, so I want to have a little fun. And I'm basically between Jordan Addison and Bijan Robinson. Jordan Addison looks nice, but Bijan looks like the nice Saqu- the next Saquon. <laughs> if he's there at 18, it ain't the worst pick. I'm going to take him for funsies. I am so happy that you took him, honestly, man, because Bijan has been a hot topic at 18. And to be honest with you, I don't think he's going to be there at 18. He's the best running back prospect we've seen come out since Saquon, and he went second overall. And then you got Christian McCaffrey, who went 10th, Leonard Fournette, who went in the top 10 as well, Zeke. I mean, there's plenty of other running backs who go in the first round. And people say, like, you don't do that. Well, guess what? When you have a prospect like Bijan, who is one of the most can't-miss prospects in the entire NFL draft, I think he could do a lot worse. He's a three-down workhorse. He can run. He can catch. He can pass block. He can do every single thing that you want. Even if Williams comes back, Swift is only on the uh, one-year deal after this. This will be the last year that we have him. It's a perfect replacement. I mean, he's the best running back easily in this draft. And so I like the pick and some people are so against it because you don't win with running backs. Running backs don't win you a Super Bowl. Well, guess what? He makes this offense a hell of a lot better. And if we're concerned of in your situation, drafting Anthony Richardson of him not having the pieces around him or golf, not having the pieces around him, he is going to take that offense to another level. And we are already one of the best in the league. So I like the pick. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, I guess the the counter would be, uh, you know, there there are a couple of other pretty good looking running back prospects that you're probably going to be able to get in the second or the third, like a Jameer Gibbs or someone like that. But I, like you said, he's just uh, since Saquon and even maybe greater than Saquon, he you just look at him play football and you're like, wow, he's different. He's just so so good. He's powerful. He's elusive. He can catch. He's he can he's got great vision. It's just everything you want. He is that. Honestly, dude, I think that the Falcons or the Eagles are going to take him at eight or ten. That's really what I think. Oh I don't God. think that he gets out of the top ten. Oh, that team would be so scary. Exactly, and they can because they have that second first round pick. They're picking again at thirtieth, which is yeah, I guess thirty first because the Dolphins forfeited their pick. So, I mean, they can still pick up a position in need at 30 and then in the later rounds. So Bijan is, I mean, he's maybe the best player in the entire draft. It's just positional value mm-hmm. and people are so scared of him. But 
combine, like he checked all the boxes that he had to. And I'm just saying, I don't think he'll even be there at 18. So I like the pick. I think that's probably true. I, I, my ideal scenario would be either him or uh, JSN from Ohio state at 18. That would be sick. Yeah. I think I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. I just think that we have a lot of other needs and, you know, receiver yeah. is one of the positions that we're actually strong at right now with Amon Ra and Jamison Williams. Who knows about Chark if we bring in a free agent? So there's other avenues that we can go here, but let's get into my picks here. So Titans, I had take Peter Skaronsky. Texans get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jets, Quentin Johnson. Patriots, Paris Johnson Jr. We got Packers with Jordan Addison. Commanders with Broderick Jones. And the Steelers take Joey Porter Jr., which I think is a realistic pick for them there. So at 18, I've got Kalijah Cansey, uh three tech defensive tack, a little undersized from Pittsburgh, just blew it up at the combine fastest ever 40 yard dash by a, a lineman. I really don't look too much into that, but I have liked Kalijah Cansey a lot throughout the past month of looking into the draft. The reason why I'm not going to take him is because we like a McNeil as a three tech D tackle. And this is something I've changed my opinion on is the lions are going to be looking for a nose tackle. So we can let Aleem play that three tech because the second half of the season, that's where he thrived when we bumped Isaiah Bugs into that nose tackle role. So I think Kalijah Kanzi is nice and provides an interior pass rush, but I'm not going to be taking him in this one. The other guys available are Brian Branch, Lucas Vaness, Don Kincaid, Deontay Banks, Brian Brzee from Clemson. We've got some tackles in there. Bijan's there. Michael Myers there, Belly. So... Another thing that I've seen go around is people say that the Lions don't need edge. And in my opinion, you can never have enough edge rushers. It's speculated that between Charles Harris and Romeo Aquara, one of those two will be cut just to save some cap space. And we already have Josh Pascal there. We're probably going to resign John Kaminsky. And we've got James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson, obviously. So we are deep at edge. But the way I see it is if Charles Harris stays and Aquara leaves and we lose Aquara, or, um, Charles Harris in a year or two, John Kaminsky, we sign on a short-term deal. In a couple of years, we could be looking at Aiden Hutchinson and Josh Pascal and James Houston as the only guys on contracts. And we only have Pascal and Houston for three more years. So if we get a Lucas Finesse, who's a guy who can bump on inside and out, that's a good pick there. I wouldn't mind it, but I'm not going to take him. Deontay Banks, he's another corner that if if I didn't take Christian Gonzalez with the, the six overall pick, he'd be a guy I'd look into. He was on my radar at 18 um, going into the combine, and then he was just a freak of nature, just ran a super quick 40. He's got the strengths, the, the jumping skills. So, I mean, he's got everything physically you look for, a little rough around the edges in terms of tape, but he's a guy I'm looking at. Brian Brzee, he can play that nose tackle role, but he has injury issues. So I'm going to go with Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. I love this player, and I think that you look at him as a safety, but I look at him as more of like a nickel corner kind of slot role who can play in the box. You know, he didn't have like a super quick 40 or anything like that, but the reason why I took him is because Christian Gonzalez profiles as that outside corner, and Brian Branch plays that nickel role, and he hits just as good, if not better, than Devin Witherspoon. Everyone has seen that one game against, I think it was Indiana, where he just lights up that receiver, and I get it. Like, it's a great highlight, but I think that 
Brian Branch has those highlights as well. So that fills two cornerback voids and he has safety versatility when we don't know if Deshaun Elliott's coming back and we don't know what's happening with Tracy Walker's injuries. So it gives us some nice depth. He can move around. He's versatile. He's a good tackler and he's a hell of a player. So I'm taking Brian Branch and I'm not looking back two corners right in a row for me in the first round. That would lock down the outside of the D and the inside of the D and our defensive line looked pretty good last year. I wouldn't hate that. And corner's another position that you can't be too deep at, just like edge. So I'm happy with it. Um, I know a lot of people would be like, oh, two corners. Well, guess what? We need both of those positions filled, and we're running a lot of dime package or nickel package. So we're going to need to have multiple defensive backs in there. And linebackers, I mean, it's not our our surest position, but there's not really anybody that I would want to take there. I think Brian Branch is the best player available. There are some other ways to go, but I think that he'd be the best fit, best player available, and it's a position of need for us. So that's going to do it for the first round here. Um, We'll jump into some of these other guys, just some prospects that I like, and then we'll get into Belly's picks here. I already kind of touched on like Brzee and Cansey and Lucas Finesse. There's not a lot of other guys that I'm super keen on there. Osiris Torrance is a guy, a guard out of Florida, who's supposed to be the best in the class. You know, if that is another position to need for us, offensive guard, he's a big baller and that would sure that would lock down our, our position on the line that we still need to fill. If we're losing Evan Brown, which seems likely and a Puli he's coming back from the back surgery. We don't know what we're getting with him. I think that's a solid pick, but other than that, I think, you know, it starts to fall off a little bit from there and we get into some more dart throws or some positions that we don't really need receiver linemen, some corners that I'm not super fond of like Emmanuel Forbes. She's like 165 pounds fast as hell, but I just don't think that he's a good fit. There's Keely Ringo and there's uh cam Smith out of South Carolina. Those are good prospects too, but just not for me. So let's move into the second round here, belly. Let's go through what you've got. What are you seeing? We're at pick 48, the five before this. We have Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State going to uh, the Cleveland Browns. Then after that, we got BJ Ojulari, Ojulari, edge rusher out of LSU going to the Jets. Trenton Simpson, linebacker out of Clemson going to the Falcons. Sakai Ka, maybe, out of Baylor going to – Green Bay Packers. After that, we get a quarterback coming off the board with Tanner McKee going to the New England Patriots. After that, John Michael Schmitz. That might be that might be my favorite name in the draft. Center out of Minnesota going to the Redskins. Um, looking at the board, I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that I know everybody up here, but the only guys I know are the offensive players, and Josh Downs is sitting at the top of the board. However, uh, we got to address the defensive side of the ball, so I'm just gonna pick the top guy off the board. Good luck, Ben. Felix, Anu DK, Uzoma. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, it seems about right. Yeah, that's a good pronunciation. Yeah, I mean, I've looked into him a little bit, but again, like Edge isn't our biggest position of need. He's a great talent. So I do like the pick, the idea of taking Edge. I'm not going to like stray away from it. I just like somebody who brings some versatility and, you know, he can do that. So, I mean, in the second round, when you're getting a, you know, a high ceiling kind of edge rusher, you could do a lot worse than that. So not bad belly. <laughs> All right, John, who are you going with? What's it looking like? Who's there? Well, 
Uh, so a few picks preceding mine. We've got Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee, to the Jets. Keon White to the Falcons. Darnell Wright to the Packers. Trenton Simpson to the Patriots. And Steve Avila to the Commanders, or the Commies, as we lovingly call them. Um, Similar to Belly. You know, once you get past basically the first round, I don't watch a lot of college football, but I do see our positions of need. And I have looked a little bit into this man named Diane Henley, the man named Diane. People seem to think that he's pretty good. He's a position of need. And uh, he's a pretty highly ranked player. Uh, getting him at 48 seems like a good spot to get him. So that's what I'm doing. Yep, I like that pick. He is definitely up there for my top linebackers in the class. He's up there. I think I'd probably have him at number two, uh, two or three with Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson up there too. But he's a little bit on the smaller side, but he's a great cover linebacker. And that's something that, you know, we don't really have on the current roster with our young guys. So I like that pick. He's somebody that I would definitely consider taking there as well. So, yeah, he's, he's lined up uh, around the defense a little bit here and there. I mean, he's mostly uh, playing linebacker, but I mean, in 2022, he did line up in a fair amount of uh, snaps in the slot and on the D line. So like you said, he's, he's a little bit more versatile. I think that he played wide receiver too for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He did play a wide receiver, 17 receptions yeah, for 232 man. yards, three touchdowns in first two seasons for Washington oh, State. So. Got hands. Exactly. So he does have some cover skills. I do like that idea, you know, maybe a little bit more raw as a linebacker, but we do have some guys who can kind of, you know, step up hopefully yeah, while we kind of bring him up to speed. Our linebackers are not great in coverage. Yeah, Regres, he's I mean, he's a bowl. He's a wrecking ball. Anzalone kind of sucks ass in coverage. <laughs> um, Derek Barnes, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just that we got kind of a lot of like big shoulder boys. So having someone who can move a little bit more wouldn't be the worst. Yeah. Chris Board kind of played that coverage linebacker role for us. And that's he's more of like a special teams guy. So I like the idea of bringing in somebody who you know, does something different than what we already have on the roster. So I like the pick. I have mocked him there a couple of times myself, but let's talk about my board, how it's shaken out here. I had the Steelers take Drew Sanders at 32 overall, and he's a guy who could make his way up into the first round. I think he's the best linebacker in the class. So I think that's pretty fair to put him right there. He might get a little bit more. Uh, another guy who went off is Mozzie Smith from Michigan. He's the big nose tackle. He's kind of the guy who we would pair with Aleem McNeil who could take over that role. We still got Bugs. We got Benito Jones. So that's kind of a guy who wants who I would want to fill that kind of role that I'm looking for. Jameer Gibbs went to the Cardinals at 34. And Bijan is damn good. Jameer Gibbs is... I mean, he's not quite in the same tier, but he's the best running back in the class other than Bijan. He's fast as hell. He kind of reminds me of DeAndre Swift, so I could see him as a good replacement if he falls to us. What else do we have here? Darnell Wright 
went 43rd to the Jets. He's a tackle from Tennessee, but he is just a beast. He's probably going to go up into the first round. We won't even be able to get him, but he's a guy who could, you know, take on a starting guard role, or we could use him in our jumbo package. We're running at like 20% of the time. So I think that tackle is not out of the question as a position that we would take in, you know, second or third round day two kind of pick. Keon White, he's a great edge guy who can kind of bump in and play that three tech out of Georgia Tech. Trenton Simpson went to the Packers. He's probably my linebacker too. And Campbell has been noted to really love him. And then Hendon Hooker went to the uh Hendon Hooker went to the Patriots, which I do like Hendon Hooker in the second, third round, probably more third round kind of for me. He would have been a first round pick if it wasn't for his injury. Um, but he had a great game against Alabama. That's what I would be looking for the Lions to attack quarterback with a guy who has some upside who we can bench for a year or two. And then if we do end up having to move on from Gotham, we got Hendon Hooker, who's not that bad of an option. So, and you don't have to pay him as much because he went exactly he did. Yep. And we'll have him for two years after Goff's contract is up and then we could figure it out. So for me, I'm looking at Josh Downs. Receiver North Carolina, I do like him. Dewan Jones, big-ass tackle from Ohio State. That's That'd be a guy we could use in the jumbo package. Turner McKee from Stanford, don't really like him that much. I got Ben's guy, Felix and Dewey. Anna Dyke, Uzoma. I got Dayon Henley as well. We've got Edatomoa Edabaware, which is the guy that I mentioned from the Senior Bowl. He's kind of like an edge D tackle guy from Northwestern. And then after that is the guy that I'm going to take. There's a couple other guys on here that piqued my interest, but I'm going to go with guard from TCU, Steve Avila. He was on my radar in the second round, but I'm not even sure he's going to be there for us anymore. He might be in the first round conversation. He's really kind of tipped the scales with Osiris Torrance as the best interior offensive lineman in the class. And there are some other targets there, like the John Michael Schmitz guy from Minnesota. I like him as well. Um, Siaki Ika, he would be like a good nose tackle guy, kind of like Mozzie Smith. But Steve Avila is a mauler. He's a plug-and-play guard. And so with my first three picks, I got two corners who are starters, and we got Steve Avila a starting guard. So that's three starters with our first three picks. And I, as much as I do want to address defense and improve that, we cannot by any means let our offense slip. Our offensive line is one of our strong suits, and by taking Steve Avila, we cement that, and we you know, keep the trends going that we saw in 2022. Uh, moving on to uh, pick 55, um, being that the picks are only seven apart, the board looks almost exactly the same for me. All the guys that we mentioned are still available, so my hands are kind of tied here. Uh, the only thing I will say about Josh Downs is DJ Chark's almost assuredly leaving in free agency, right? And uh, he's kind of a smaller guy, so you could have him work the slot and have Amon Ra and Jamison Williams work the outside. But I'm going to go with uh, John's guy and Dayon Henley because it says glaring need of linebacker on my board. <laughs> it says glaring? I, you know, you got to add a little fluff to the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he must be on the updated version of the PFF mock draft simulator because I don't see that. He's on the Twitter blue version. Yeah yep that's a good pick he's still there for me as well but maybe i'll stick with you or maybe i'll go shake it up and do something different fluff it up for you Wild what do you man. got john i got a guy you mentioned on your last pick corbin dewan jones that i'm gonna i'm gonna take uh i mean our offensive line was very solid this year but offensive line also is a 
position that just constantly has injuries and similar to edge. I don't think you can really ever have too much depth there. Um, He's a really, really solid player. And I think getting a, a tackle that highly ranked at pick 55, like you say, kind of a, he's a plug and play guy. You don't have to worry too much about, uh, you know, him being ready to go. I think he's a good pick there. Yeah, Dewan Jones is 6'8", 374 pounds, so he might be the biggest player in the NFL if we take him. Imagine him next to Penny Sula in a jumbo package. It's, it's so intriguing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not against that pick by any means. That was a good one. Now, for me, Darnell Washington just went at 53 to the Chargers, which sucks. That's a guy that I would like to target there because I feel like there is a little bit of a fall-off the reason why I like Darnell Washington is because he's just a physical freak. He's six seven. He's he can do, he could be a jump ball specialist for us or like a red zone target. And he's a hell of a blocker, which is a what well, I think that the Lions are going to prioritize as opposed to like a Luke Musgrave or a Dalton Kincaid. So he's gone. So I can't take him. I've got Dewan Jones there. I've got your Felix Anadike Azuma Uzoma. I got Dayan Henley. I've got the Northwestern guy with the weird name. I'm scrolling down a little bit. There's Matthew Bergeron that I like who would he's listed as a tackle, but he could be a guard, but we have got Steve Avila. So I don't want to do that. Haven't taken a running back yet, but I am eyeing somebody like Zach Charbonnet as a potential fit in the second or third round for Mm -hmm. when Deandre Swift leaves. Um, Jamie Robinson, safety from Florida state. He's kind of like Brian branch. He could fill that nickel slot role. But the guy that I'm going to take is Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. This is the guy who's going to step in and play that nose tackle role for us, you know, like the zero one technique so that we can free up Aleem McNeil to play more of a three technique, whereas, which is where he found his success at the end of the season. I like the player. He uh, in the combine was he was like speaking on the podium to the the media and several times said that he is very gritty and he takes pride in his grit. And I think that that's something that's going to resonate with Dan Campbell. He did a really good job at the senior bowl. I think he could just be an anchor in the middle and help us shore up that run defense that struggled a bit at the end of the year. Wish I knew more about him. Yeah. Well, now you're going to look him up because I gave you the tip. Appreciate that Corbin. Well, moving on to pick 81, we had some space between this one. So I'll cover some, uh, some players that went before this. Uh, as you said, Zach Charbonnet, 72 to the Titans, a little uh, Derrick Henry backup, maybe replacement in the future. Rashawn Johnson at 74 to the New York Jets, which they already kind of have Michael Carter and Brees Hall. But, I mean, that defense is humming. Who knows what they're going to do? Uh, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee to the Falcons at 75. Mike Morris, edge out of Michigan to the Patriots. Julius Brents out of Kansas City to the Dolphins. Jatavius Martin to the Packers out of Illinois. Jordan Battle out of Alabama to the Colts. Andre Carter the second to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, looking at my board, um, this guy's been getting a lot of hype. I've been seeing a lot about him lately, but I'm going to go with Devin Akane, Akine, Aken, whatever, out of Texas A&M. A-chain. Little half, A-chain. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I'm watching a little bit of film on him. The boy is fast. The only thing you got to be worried about is he is a little undersized, so maybe that might not be the best route for the Lions considering their injury history at running back. But um, for all the hype, I'm going to take the risk on him. Go ahead and go a little offense. Lock it in. Number 81. Nice I like Devin it. a chain. All right. Let's keep hauling through this, John. 
what are you seeing on your board? Uh, on my board, I am looking at a guy who not at a power five school, not really a big conference, but a lot of production through college, the last couple of years especially. Carl Brooks Edge out of Bowling Green, 12 sacks in 2022, eight sacks in 2021. A lot of quarterback hurries. Um, position of need. At that point in the draft, you're looking for guys that you can feel solid about. Uh, you're not necessarily looking for a star, but you're looking for people who are going to fill out your starting roster or dudes who can just play solid snaps. He seems like one of those. Yep. I like the pick. We'll just hustle on along here and move on to me. So, so far my picks have been Brian Branch and Christian Gonzalez. So that takes care of corner. Probably don't want to attack that. We got Steve Avila starting guard and we've got Keanu Benton on the interior. So for me, just looking at that, our biggest positions in need are linebacker, running back. We could use a receiver, but honestly, I'm probably going to plan on taking one in uh, in free agency. Edge, you can never have too many, and there's Andre Carter there, Carl Brooks, like you said, and then the Northwestern guy with a weird name is still there. But for me, I'm probably going to take a running back in this position, and if Ben hadn't taken Devin A-Chain, that's my guy who I would have taken in the third. Now, I've done a lot of scouting for fantasy football and I don't like him for fantasy football as much, but I do think that he can play a role that nobody else really offers. I think that he profiles a lot like Swift. He's a little undersized, you know, like definitely smaller than Swift. He's like five, nine, 190 pounds maybe, but he's got blazing speed. He ran a four, three forty. I think that when Swift is down, he can kind of fill those shoes for him. And then he could also be used on kick and punt return. And we're talking about using Jamison Williams, and kick and punt return, which scares me. So Devin A-Chain, I think that he's a good guy there. I also like Tank Bigsby. And then there's um, there's another running back here, Tajay Spears. He was a senior bowl standout too. He's over 200 pounds. You know, he's a little bit more of like an in-between Swift and um, in a Jamal role. So I won't take A-Chain just because Ben did. I'm going to go a little bit off the grid here and go with a linebacker since I haven't taken one of those yet. And I don't think, well, Brad Holmes and in his past for the Rams and the Lions, he's not shown that he's willing to go up and take a high pick on a linebacker, but we've got Noah Sewell available, but that's not going to be my pick because I think that he's a little bit more like a James Houston pass rusher type. I'm going to go with Owen Papo from Auburn, combine standout, just an athletic freak. And I think he's a kind of do-it-all guy, a little bit more raw. It's a little bit more of a risk but I think it fills a position to need for us. And, you know, running back is still something that we need to address, but I like the pick there. So, Belly, who did you end up with? Christian Gonzalez, Dalton Kincaid, John's boy, some dude named Felix, and eight track tapes, A-chain. Nice. <laughs> All right, John, who did you have? Anthony Richardson, B. John Robinson, Diane Henley, Dewan Jones and Carl Brooks were my picks. And then for me, I went with Christian Gonzalez and Brian Branch in the first. I had Steve Avila and Keanu Benton in the second, and I finished off with Papo from Auburn. So I got corner, corner, guard, interior, defensive lineman, and linebacker. So a little bit of a different strategy. It looks like um, 
John, you kind of targeted offense a little bit at the beginning. Ben, you took a stupid ass tight end and copied John's pick with Diane Henley. I did like the A chain pick in the third, though. Of course, I like mine the best, to be honest, but I'm a well seasoned mock draft veteran. So you could say I, I know think, what I'm doing. I think yours is the most realistic. Mine was kind of like, ooh, I like these guys. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what mock drafts are for. So we can dream. But it was a good mock draft. And obviously, there's going to be news reports that cause guys to rise and fall. We've got the uh, pro days that are still going to be happening. We'll get some more accurate measurements. And yeah, it's it, a lot is going to be shaken up in these next few weeks here leading up to the draft. So we'll do another one once, you know, some more news has broken and we have a better idea on how these picks are going to stock up. I mean, mock drafts are fun. So we'll do it again. So we talked draft, but obviously free agency is going to be impacting that quite a bit. And free agency will be upon us in just over a week here. So exciting stuff. We had the franchise tag deadline coming up uh, tomorrow on the 7th. So by the time this is out, you will know who's been franchise tagged. So far, we've got Deron Payne, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, and Evan Ingram, who are reportedly receiving the tag. Lamar Jackson will reportedly be tagged if they can't come to a long-term deal. And Orlando Brown from the Chiefs will not be tagged, so he will be testing free agency. So with all that considered, there's a couple of positions that I think that the Lions would want to address. Um, That'd be running back, wide receiver, guard, defensive tackle, linebacker, and defensive back. I think those are the main positions. Really, defensive back, linebacker, and defensive tackle are some of the more important ones. I think, you know, if we supplement that through free agency or the draft, that's going to be great. Obviously, you want to build through the draft, and free agency is just something on top of that. So we'll look at running backs first. We need to resign Jamal. And I think that going through the draft is probably the best idea. Like Ben drafted Devin A chain. I think that that's a good replacement for Swift. Can't miss with Bijan either. So we'll skip over that because I think that it's going to be much of the same going into 2023 for wide receivers. When I look at that position, I want a guy who offers something different. Now, DJ shark, I think that he fills his role. Great. Like a speed guy, like intermediate kind of guy, but we got Jamison Williams and we've also got Amon Ross St. Brown. So Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be the slot guy, the move the sticks guy. And Jamison Williams is going to take the top off with his speed. So the one thing that we are missing on for wide receivers is a guy who's like a, like a jump ball kind of guy, that intermediate route kind of guy. So I think Darius Slayton from the Giants would be a, a good option there. He's kind of that red zone threat, like a speedy jump ball guy. And then also Alan Lazard. He's like 230 pounds, 6'4", or something like that. And also it would just piss off Aaron Rodgers if we brought him on. And like I said, he brings something different that we don't already have. And this is all considering we don't re-sign DJ Chark, but – it's, not, it's looking grim. He's probably not going to be coming back, so we'll need to look for somebody else. At offensive guard, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that would be a plug-and-play starter. I don't mind going uh, with a veteran at this spot. Nate Davis from the Titans, he's only 26. We got Isaac Siamalu from the Eagles. He was not a starter for their offensive line in the Super Bowl run. 29 years old, still got some left in the tank. And then a familiar face, Graham Glasgow for the Broncos. He could be a cap casualty, and he's expressed interest in coming back. Graham Glasgow is a guy that we let walk. A lot of fans thought that we should re-sign. He's had some injury concerns over the past two years, but I think that he would be a good guy to put in as a starter there. 
Then we'll move on to defensive tackles. Javon Hargrave from the Eagles is probably the highest ranked prospect who's going to be available or highest ranked free agent, I should say, available to us. He's 30 years old, coming off an 11 sack season. He would bring that interior pass rush, but I feel like we would want to utilize somebody more of a, as a nose tackle. So for nose tackle, Greg Gaines from the Rams, he's only 27. He'd be a great fit. Seen him play a lot with Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's a beast in the middle. It would free up uh, Lee McNeil a bit to, you know, actually get some interior pass rush going for us. Dalvin Tomlinson for the Vikings is another guy, still pretty young, 29, I believe, or so, 27, 29. Then we got Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Rankins. Those are some cheap veterans. They're 28 and 29, respectively, that we can get on a pretty good deal who could play that role for us. And, of course, we got Bugs and Benito Jones there, too. Now, linebacker, that's where it gets more interesting. I'm thinking that Alex Anzalone is going to be testing free agency and he will not be back. This is really his last time that he can get a big deal. But you got guys like Bobby Wagner and you got Levante David, two of the most respected linebackers in the NFL over the past 10 seasons. They're both 33 years old, and they'll bring that veteran presence to a defense that needs a little bit of revamping. And we've got some young guys as well that you know can – receive a little coaching and tutelage under them. So it's an upgrade over Anzalone. Either of those guys would be a great hit. If we want to splurge a little bit, we've got David Long from the Titans and Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills. They're 26 and 25 respectively, but they're definitely going to command a little bit more pay. And I don't know if that's the route that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are going to take. A realistic guy who would be a pretty cheap signing, I think, is Aziz Alshair. He's from the 49ers. D'Amico Ryans absolutely loves this guy. He was their defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach for the Texans. He's a little bit undersized, but he's a solid cover guy. So take a look at Aziz Alshair. And then defensive backs, probably our biggest position of need. There's a couple of guys who are available. Probably going to cost a pretty penny. But I think if anything, we're going to be investing in a position like that because we do need that nickel corner and we do need an outside guy. So Jamel Dean from the Bucks, he's the first one that comes to mind. Probably one of the more blue chip guys. He's going to need like $17 million a year or so. But he's only 26. He's fast as hell. He would be an instant CB1 for us. You've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Eagles. He's only 25, and he's one of the better nickel slot guys in the entire NFL. James Bradbury from the Eagles. He's 30 years old and coming off an all-pro season. Another veteran that we could have to immediately slot in as a CB1. And then Cam Sutton from the Steelers. He's 28, but he's steadily improved throughout his career. He's going to be a little bit cheaper than Jamel Dean. So I think we might he might be a pretty realistic target for us is what I'm thinking. So those are just a couple of guys. And realistically, I don't think we're going to be splurging that much. But keep an eye out for them because one of those, if not multiple, could be a lion on the Lions in just a matter of weeks here. So... Stick around, we'll find out because that is going to impact how we draft a little. I do agree with the best position or best player available approach, but free agency is a good way to find some guys to build that roster. So now with that said, let's move on to some bets. It's been a while, but we're back with betting with the belly. Rolling right into it. We're checking out where we were two weeks ago, three weeks ago, so long ago. I don't even remember. But anyway, Corbin and John both hitting their golf bets. That John Rahm, top 10 finish, minus 110 for Corbin. Homa, Homa plus 210, top 10 finish. Colin Morikawa, Colin Morikawa, top 10 finish, plus 240. All great bets, boys. I, however, was one and three on the UFC because I can't pick a main event right to save my life. Um, so hopefully you didn't tail me and lose money with me. Cause I sure did. 
Moving right into this week, though, Corbin, what are you feeling for these locks of the week? I've been betting NBA a little bit. There's a Twitter account that I follow that's been relatively successful for me. I've been in the green at least. But baseball is another sport that I bet on quite a bit in the NFL offseason. And there were some futures that came out, you know, like home runs, hits, yada, yada, like innings, pitch, strikeouts, stuff like that. So I sprinkled a couple of futures bets on there for an entire season. But one that really stood out to me was Corey Seager for the Rangers. His total hit over under is set at 146 and a half. And I'm taking the over 146 and a half minus 115 odds. The reason that I did this is because he hit 145. He had 145 hits last year and he faced a shift on 75% of his at bats since 2018. And without a shift, he should be projecting for another 2025 hits. The shift has been banned. And there might be some ways around that, like using the outfielders and bumping them in or shifting them over, but no infield shifts. The Rangers have a hitter's park. And the one thing that does kind of concern me about this is Corey Seager does have some injury concerns with his time from the Dodgers. But if he can stay healthy, I mean, the odds are in his favor. So I'm pounding the over on 146 and a half. Tail me if you wish. And John, what do you got for us? Well, I'm going to stick with golf because this time of year, it's what I like to watch. So Stay hot, kid. You know, John Rahm, he's been top 10 in 12 of his last 14 events. He is uh, on FanDuel, up head-to-head against Rory McIlroy in the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass this weekend. He is being favored. Minus one twenty six to Rory McIlroy's plus one hundred, so even odds for even odds for Rory. But I'm going to take uh, John Rom to finish over Rory McIlroy for uh, minus one twenty six. I know Rory just had a fourth place finish, it wasn't it? I mean, they're both really hot right now. They really are. Um, it's it's tough, but I think Rom is just playing so consistently lately that it's hard to go against him. Also, TPC Sawgrass is a course that kind of mitigates long ball players, which Rory is. John Rahm is a great iron and and short range player. His touch around the greens is is impeccable. So that's another reason why I think he's he's going to have the edge over Rory. All right. What about you, Belly? You got some more UFC for us? Oh yeah, you know it. Um, Piotr Jan has been borderline or arguably robbed in his last couple fights. I think he's going to come out swinging. He's a minus 275 favorite, but uh, all the odds aren't released yet, so I would take him by a finish, but something close to it. I'm going to take under four and a half rounds at plus 180. Um, I am notoriously awful in main events. I was this weekend. I was on John Jones for probably the entire month leading up to the fight, and my buddy talked me into taking Cyril gone in the last 10 seconds before you could put your bet in. Ruined a great night for me. I was riding high. I was up like 800 bucks and it dropped all the way down to 200 up. And it's just a kick in the dick. So for somebody who follows so much UFC, I'm surprised by your pronunciations. Isn't it Peter Jan, not Piotr? It's Piotr Jan. And isn't it Gane and not Gain? Zero gone. All right, fine. I'm wrong. (laughs) Anyway, I know you are. Carry on. Though. I might not know anybody in the NFL in the top five rounds, but I'll tell you, I know UFC fighters. Apparently not very well, though, in terms of their skill, because, man, I'm great at the undercard, but the main event just always wrong. Always go with the hype, and I'm Where just a jackass. Uh, 
Where can I? Oh, never mind. I found it on on Twitter. Watching the submission right now. Damn. Oh, yeah. Well, what is that like? A front choke? What do they call that? A guillotine. Guillotine. But anyway, that's gonna wrap up betting with the belly. Corbin, back to you. Well, actually, Ben, we're gonna go back to you. We're gonna go back right up through that rear and get into your bowels for this week's bowels of the belly. All right. So don't don't look at what I'm about to send you both. And Corbin, you might have seen this in our group chat, but don't look until I tell you, till I get like the story out, just so you can see the effect. Okay. So um, we're in the final month of this weight loss bet. And so um, what I've been trying to do is not drink on weekends, but so I make it through Friday and then I make it to about midday Saturday and my roommate just kind of gives me a look and I just can't say no. It's just so fun boozing and watching fights. So um, anyway, uh, we, we went through a period. There was like an hour where nobody said anything. So I just, I don't know what, what came over me, but I ran into my room and um, I put on, a, I had like a shirt with like a, an elastic logo on it. And I took that off and put on a nice cotton boy. And uh, I did a full running start belly slide across my living room floor. Only there was a problem. I started my dive a little late. Boys, go ahead and open up the video. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> And I have not seen it yet either. I have not seen this. That was better than I expected. <laughs> Did you hit your head on a table? I hit my head on a uh, reclining chair and um, <laughs> it, hurt, it hurt pretty bad because, you know, I had to get my arms behind me to uh, really have the form of a nice penguin slide. And I realized too late that I wasn't going to be able to stop myself. We'll go ahead and throw that video up on the Instagram. Go ahead, check it out. But um, you yeah, can you, just, you can just see rough. my body come to a dead stop and my legs kind of shake. It's pretty funny. <laughs> my biggest question is, what the fuck is going on with the placement of your refrigerator in your house? Oh, well, it's the basement and there's a bar, but oh. like there's no there's no space behind the bar to put the fridge. And I've gotten some comments on that, but you know what? I got two TVs in the living room. It's not exactly traditional. <laughs> it's yeah, a I'm, I'm not seeing any paraphernalia or anything on the uh, counter either that could hold you uh, liable against the law. So uh, yeah, let's post on the Instagram. Right on. See. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good one, belly. All right. Well, let's hustle on through the mock draft took a while. So We'll get into Jeopardy. As I said, I will be your host today. Corb, Trebek, John, Belly, my two valiant contestants. Let's hop right into it. The first three categories of round one, we have nostalgia, famous people, and nature. And since Ben was so kindly our host the first time, I am going to let him open it up. Ben, which category would you like? Go ahead and give me nature for 100. Nature for 100. The Steamboat Geyser is located in which U.S. National Park? Belly Bighorn. Yellowstone. That is correct. It is Yellowstone. Ben, I will give you a warning. You must say what is or who is if you've never played Jeopardy before. My mistake. Clear the buzzer. All right, Ben. So, well done. Let's move back to the next one. What will you go with now? Oh, it's still me? We're playing yes. classic rules? All right, you got to reset You're the correct. buzzer. I would like nature for 200. Nature for 200. The question is, a bee has this many wings. And that is Belly Bighorn once again. Four. What is four? What is four? Ben is 
Correct. It is four wings on a B. John, mm. off to a terrible I start. That. I buzzed that, but I guess I was late. All right, Belly, back to you. Clear the buzzer, and then we'll go nature for three. Nature for 300. The question is, the Austra- this Australian mammal has recently seen a spike in chlamydia in its population. Some populations have been infected by as much as 100%. John. That is the a koala bear. Oh, well, sorry. That's the koala bear. Well done, John. We're all tied up 300 to 300. And John, you have taken over. Will you go an alternate route or will you clear out nature? Let's go nostalgia for three. Nostalgia for three. The question is, this 1997 romance directed by James Cameron is most commonly known for showing 90s children their first pair of naked breasts. And John, it is your guess. Titanic. What is Titanic? That is correct. Titanic. Well, I thought I bust late there because the shit's all fucked up. Yeah, I thought that one was a little bit more speculation, but you guys saw right through. John, back to you. Let's do uh, nostalgia for four. Clear, clear the buzzer. Clear the buzzer. Nostalgia for four? Yep. Nick Cannon, Keenan Thompson, and Amanda Bynes all kickstarted their careers on this Nickelodeon show. What Belly is all Bighorn. that? Damn it. What is all that? That is Ben. Oh, 700 I, I to 600 Ben's lead. On that one, Ben. I thought I had. Yes. Well done. 700 to 600. Belly's lead. Back to you, Ben. Clear the buzzer. And we'll go famous people for three. Famous people for 300. This famous actor starred in the 1976 oh, thriller oh, Taxi Driver, oh, who says, you talking to me? Robert De Niro. What is, who is Robert De Niro? Belly Bighorn. Well done. It is Robert De Niro. Fucking buzzer savant. So Belly takes the lead. 1,000 to 600. He is pulling away. Back to you, Ben. Famous people for 100. Famous people for 100. This actor acted and wrote the screenplay for the movie Rocky. And that is John. Who is Sylvester Stallone? Well done. We haven't had any misses. Maybe I'm making this too easy on you guys. All right, John, back to you. Buzzer, buzzer. Let's do... uh... Nature for 400. Nature for 400. Of the primary colors, this color represents the hottest temperature for a star. John. What is white? That is incorrect. Ben, to you. What is it? What is blue? That is correct. Well done, Belly. And Ben has taken a staggering lead, 1,400 to John's measly 300. Folks, we may have another champion. No, that's a good question. Let's go nostalgia for two. Nostalgia for two. This actor played an orphan in the movie Like Mike, where he found Michael Jordan's shoes, put them on, and magically gained his basketball skills. John. Who is Lil Bow Wow. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. John is back on the board today. 1,400 to 500. (laughs) Still has a little bit more to go, but we'll move back to John. He's got the ball in his court. What is your next pick? Let's go nostalgia for 100. Nostalgia for one. The three mascots for Rice Krispie Treats. John. Snap, crack. Who are Snap, Crackle, and Pop? Correct. Snap, Crackle, and Pop is correct, John. And John, back to you. Let's do famous people for 200. 
Famous people for 200. This man was the fascist dictator of Italy from 1925 to 1945, most commonly known for his role in World War II. John. Surprise Ben didn't buzz in on this one. Who is Benito Mussolini? Well done, John. It is Benito Mussolini. Nothing gets past you. And we're down to the tough ones here. What do you got, John? Let's go. Uh, sorry, I can't see all the. Okay, so we got. Uh, let's do famous people for four. Famous people for four hundred buzzers are cleared, and this man co-starred in the nineteen ninety film Ghost alongside Demi Moore. The two are most famously recognized in this film from their pottery scene. Ben, who is Patrick Swayze? Well done, Belly. He's mm-hmm. back on the board. Eighteen hundred to seven hundred. Ben with a staggering lead still, and he gets to select the next category for five hundred. Famous people for five, please, Corbin. Clear the buzzer. Famous, famous people for five buzzers. Clear. Go. The Magna Carta is a royal charter of rights agreed to by this King of England, John. King Edward the First. That is incorrect, Ben. You have a chance to steal. I'm good. I'm going to pass. All right. That would just be King John of England, your own namesake, you dumb ox. Namesake. I got a little too uh I got a little too buzzer happy on that one. I clicked right. too. I was gonna say like Richard, I'm glad that you got it. If you so clicked, it... you should be down, motherfucker. Well, oh, you're too fast. Eighteen hundred to two hundred oh. is the score. John, we'll give it to you. Oh my god. Buzzer. Let's do uh nostalgia for five. Nostalgia for five. In August of 2000, Tiger Electronics released a digital audio player that plays one-minute songs from exchangeable cartridges, usually of teen pop hits. John. Uh, Oh, he's going negative. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're using a partner. Timer. Time. I'm calling time. Yep, you have five seconds. What is... Mini clip. That is incorrect. Ben, you have a chance to steal. No, thanks the hell was it called it is hit clips hit clips God mini damn. clip is a video game website you dumbass oh, I... <laughs> boy it's been a long right. first round john you got a chance to redeem yourself nature for 500 you ready yeah let's go oh hold on i accidentally just buzzed in. okay all right the earth's core is made up predominantly of this element belly what is iron Correct. Ben, what a fucking beast. 2300. You are going to be a worthy opponent when John is the host next time we do this. All oh, right. Corbin, I whooped your fucking ass last time. <laughs> All right. So after round one, we have belly smokes with 2300 points and John minus 300. Wow. This is way one sided. So let's move on to the next. I will say, hey, do I will say. I did not see Ben buzz on that last one. Is it? Let me let's test it again. It literally says belly bighorn buzzes. I know mine is still green and it doesn't show your name. That's what I'm saying. He buzzed. So I want to make sure that we're still connected is all. Yeah. Buzz. It's connected. Stop. Stop, please. <laughs> <laughs> and we are moving on to round two here. Double jeopardy. We got Ben going first. What do you got for us? No, no. Whoever's losing goes first in double jeopardy. And we're moving on to double jeopardy. The categories for this one are sports, weapons, and U.S. presidents. We're starting with John since he is at a little bit of a disadvantage. Go ahead with your pick. What is this current score? 
The score is 2,300 to negative 300. Well, Patriots were down 28 to 3. True. I will so, take U.S. presidents for $200. U.S. presidents for 200 Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by this man, Belly Bighorn. Who is John Wilkes Booth? That is correct. Well done, Belly. Go ahead, go presidents for four. Presidents for four. This president once got stuck in a White House bathtub, Belly. Who is President Taft? Correct, Ben. Well done. And back to you. Reset the buzzer, please. Yes, sir. Presidents for 600, please. Presidents for six. This U.S. president succeeded John F. Kennedy after his assassination. John. That. That. Five seconds, John. No, no, no. Hold on. on. Fucking Christ. Dude, so antsy to get back in. (laughs) It's uh, You got five. (laughs) Just so antsy. Four, three, two, one. Johnson. Yes. Oh, shit. Who? Uh, come on. What is this? Nixon. That is incorrect, Benny. I'm good. Thank steal. you. I'm good. It is Lyndon B. Johnson. I said John. Lyndon Johnson, and you told no, me to guess again. No, no you just said That's Johnson, and you bullshit. said wait. Said no, no. Did you I hear it, Ben? I didn't hear it. I did not hear it. That you said bold. Johnson. It doesn't matter. You, you took Johnson. you took eight seconds to answer. He said Anyways. five seconds six times. Anyways, John, I'll give you a chance. You pick a category. Don't take my points off on that one. Too late. I already did. That's a moot one. That's a moot one. Dude, you Go took ahead. way more than five seconds. Yes, you did. Go ahead, John. Doesn't matter. I still had it right. Pick a category. Weapons, thousand. Weapons for a thousand. The tank was invented during World War One in response to trench warfare. Which, by which country? Uh, John. Out of fucking Germany? That is incorrect, Ben. Oh, it's Russia. Damn it. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> that would be Great Britain. Yeah, none of them. So the score is, in this round, is Ben 600 to John, minus 1,600. John has a whopping minus 1,900 points to Ben's 2,900. A 3,000-point lead. It should be minus 700. Anyways, John, what do you got? I don't know. Weapons, eight. Weapons for 800. This incendiary mixture of a gelling agent and a volatile petrochemical was invented in 1942, but was banned by the UN in 1980 against civilians. John. Agent Orange. I'll accept it. It is napalm. Same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. It is. John, back to you. (sighs) Presidents. uh, What is that? 800? Presidents for 800. He is the only U.S. president to be born on the 4th of July. 10 seconds. No guesses? Nope. Ben? Nope. Guessing is what has made me... That would be Calvin Coolidge. All right, John, back to you. Uh, President, let's finish out presidents. All right, presidents it is. This president survived an assassination attempt 69 days into his term. 69 days. Five John, seconds, I'd also like to add that we can hear you whispering to your wife, so I'm facing a two-person team. 
She's no guesses on TikTok right now, paying zero attention. All oh, right, no guesses on this one. It was Ronald. Oh, I knew that Reagan. when he said "missed oh, me" after he, the balloon popped. To duck. He said, "I'm sorry, Nancy. I forgot to duck." All right, we're back to John. What do you got for us? <sighs> Weapons six. Weapons for 600. These naval submarines were operated by Germany in World War One and World War Two. John, U-boats. What are U-boats? What are U-boats? Yes, that is correct. John, back to negative 200. Chase and even money. And he gets to pick. <laughs> Hold on. What are we at uh, total? Ben has 2,900 points. John has minus 500. A 600 ought to do it. Let's go sports for six. Sports for six, says John. This man holds the title for most home runs in a career with 762. John. Barry Bonds. That is correct. Well done, John. Back to you. Uh, let's go sports for 200. Sports for 200. This person is the most decorated Olympic athlete in U.S. history with 28 total medals. Belly. Who is Michael Phelps? Ben gets back on the board after a quiet double jeopardy, and he gets to select the category. Go! Weapons for 200, please. Weapons for two. Hattori Hanzo crafted these weapons in the movie Kill Bill. Ben. What are katanas? That is correct. It is a katana. I would have also accepted sword. Ben, back to you. Weapons for four, please. Weapons for four. Weapons free. The Manhattan Project created the first atomic bomb. The bomb was created by several scientists, but this man was the director. John. Who is Albert Einstein? What? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, it's sorry. Oppenheimer. No. Ben Ben gets a chance to steal. (laughs) I'll I'll leave it be. (laughs) You don't want to? He just told you the answer. I knew what it was, but no, I'll, I'll it is ball, it, it is Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, you get a you get a pick. You set the buzzer. <laughs> Go ahead. Get ahead of myself. I knew the answer. That's so. <laughs> That's all right. You go ahead and pick your category uh, now, sports buddy. Sports for four. Sports for four. This man has won the most major golf championships of all time, John. I'd like to point out that he buzzed in early. That was honestly an accident, but it is Jack Nicklaus. He is back. 800 to 400 this round. That gives Ben 3,100 to John's plus 100. He's back. He is back. And now we have 800 and 1,000 for sports. John, which one first? Let's go 800. 800. The Triple Crown Award is given to a horse that wins these three races belly. What is the Preakness, the Belmont Stakes, and the Kentucky Derby? Wow. Ben knows his sports. It is the Kentucky Derby, Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes. And Ben, we're going into a thousand. We're resetting butters. Our butters. <laughs> buzzers. <laughs> Are you both ready to go? Three, two, one. Besides Tom Brady, this man has won the second most Super Bowls by any player with five. I will give you a hint. It is not a quarterback. I had a feeling. Five seconds. Any guesses? I have no idea. I don't know. That would be Charles Haley for the 49ers and Cowboys. But that will do it. We will move on to our final Jeopardy. Well, if you if you count the ones that I uh, 
knew but answered wrong, I'd be a lot closer right now. I don't think you know how Jeopardy works. <laughs> so we are moving on to our final Jeopardy, but we are playing by Corbin rules. So you have to wager all of your points. You do not have a choice. Okay. Okay. Sick. Yeah. So basically the first two rounds meant absolutely nothing. Tiebreaker <laughs> tiebreaker goes to Ben. So if John doesn't get it, the only way John can win is if he gets it right and Belly gets it wrong. If you both get it wrong or both get it right, Belly wins. How do we what do we write this down? What the scores are currently thirty nine hundred to plus one hundred. Not that it matters because it all comes <laughs> down to this. XFL the, Jeopardy rules. The category <laughs> is the category is video games for all the marbles. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yeah. This is the highest grossing arcade game of all time. Uh, all right. That's my guess. I don't want to be both, Googling. Both so. answers are in. And both answers are correct. It is Pac-Man. Well mm. done. Except neither of you said what is Pac-Man, so you both lose. And I still win the tiebreaker. Sick. That is true. Ben wins the tiebreaker, so it goes to him. <laughs> we both zero out, but good game, Ben. Yes. That was just, just well giving done, up my boys. thirty-eight hundred point dominant lead. <laughs> yep. It's, this all goes back to Lyndon B. Johnson. It's his fault. You took yeah, ten well, seconds. You cheated by asking too. your wife. My wife doesn't know shit about presidents. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we'll have a new host for the next time we do Jeopardy. We're looking forward to it, John, as Belly and I fight to the death in our matchup. It's all even now. Everyone's had a turn to be the host, so it's only right. Battle of, to do it again. Battle of uh, the behemoths here. Yeah. Some One day we'll have to have like a guest host on so we can all three do it together. Ooh, yeah. And Maybe we really prove who's the toughest. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. We know we had a couple of weeks off here, but we're glad that we have an action-packed podcast for you this time around. If you haven't already, please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform you might listen to us on. Don't forget to give us a review. Leave us five stars. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at LightCorbyashi. We also have the Belly and the Fish Instagram and Twitter account that Ben has been running very excellently. Me on the Twitter, Chirp and Micah Parsons. So stick around. Give me a follow if you want to see some of that action. Please continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone that you can think of. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, we're trying to get as much uh, stuff outside of the podcast to you so that it's not just uh, something you're waiting for every week and you got something to fill the time in between. Uh, John, thank you for coming on as usual. And um, yeah, give us a like, follow, subscribe, et cetera. And uh, can't wait to hear from you next week. Let us know if there's anything you want us to make a video about, anything you want us to talk about. We're happy to do it for you guys. Love to hear from you. Well, Ben, smartest man alive. Thank you so much for inviting me on. <laughs> this week only this week because i'm not a co-host as we established uh yeah. no i put you in the instagram bio you're in yeah you're a recurring guest Rec fuck you i'm i'm in co-host category so, so yeah. you know you know like when like shows have like i don't know there was a radio station called like blaine and lisa with allison you're that with guy <laughs> yeah <laughs>
Yeah, the the name is changing this off season. Belly in the smokes. Belly in the fish with John. Belly in the smokes. <laughs> it's just it's just a podcast of me talking to myself. Yeah. Belly yeah, in the no, smokes. Yeah, nobody would listen to that one. <laughs> It'd just be me monologuing about UFC and super auto pets. <laughs> All right. Well, and with that said. Oh, wow.